0: I think it's most important to find what people can actually act upon because complexity is the enemy of execution and simplicity is the best friend of execution. So if you keep things simple, then people are much more likely to stick to it.
1: Welcome back to the What's Next with Eric Wood podcast where we will prepare you to make your what's next in life your best yet. Our next guest is Nick Carrier, and Nick is an entrepreneur and fitness trainer who has coached over 500 people through his program, The 10 Week Transformation. He's the host of the Best You podcast, which I've been a guest on, and his mission is to make a healthy living lifestyle simple. With many people creating health and fitness goals around the new year, I figured that Nick would be the perfect guest to have on at this time. If you haven't already, please Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you tune in weekly. And Nick, welcome to the show, brother.
0: Uh, Appreciate it, Eric. I've been pretty excited to have you on the show. It's funny, last year, right at this time, is when I started your book. And I was reading your book throughout the holidays last year and then interviewed you shortly after. So it's an honor to be on your show, man.
1: What a nice plug for the book at this time, too. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Of course. So start off by telling uh, me and the listeners how you got started on this journey of coaching individuals to get more fit and help them live their healthiest lifestyle.
0: Yeah, so when I when I was in high school and all growing up, I played sports, and I had a personal trainer for football and baseball when I was in high school, and I was always the kid who was pretty darn good, pretty talented, but was never necessarily that like, huge or that strong or super, super fast, I always kind of like one of the fastest, not the fastest, pretty strong, not the strongest, but my effort and everything like that and the intentionality that I put in and my preparation is what allowed me to perform at a relatively high level. And so I had a personal trainer who I had a really good relationship in high school with. And then when I went to college, I started studying finance. But then in between my sophomore and my junior year of college, I was working out at my home gym where my personal trainer was still at. And we were just talking and he was like, have you ever been interested in becoming a personal trainer yourself and i was like "Well, i hadn't really ever thought about it and he was like well i'll talk you through about how did you can get certified and if you're interested you can go for it and i essentially got certified in between my junior and my or my sophomore and junior year of college and then i went back to school i was still doing finance and everything but then i started teaching group fitness classes at orange theory fitness and absolutely fell in love with the group atmosphere fell in love with the high energy. It kind of made me feel like I was doing football workouts or baseball workouts again with the team. And I loved creating that high energy atmosphere for people. And then when I graduated, I originally had a job lined up where I was going to be a mortgage lending officer. So still kind of in the finance realm. But then long story short, that job ended up falling through before I even started. And then I rushed into another job, did it for two weeks. And I was like, you know what? I really just want to give this health and fitness thing like my full send, my full 100% Effort and attention. So I quit that job after two weeks and was like, you know what? I'm going to really try to pursue a career in health and fitness. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But then I went into doing some personal training, still doing Orange Theory Fitness, and then also created my own brand and then created my own program. And then at the beginning of this calendar year uh, is the first time where I have solely worked for myself for an entire 365 days. So I'm kind of rounding that out as my first year working solely for myself. So that's kind of a quick little background as how, as to how I got into it.
1: Well, I applaud you for going all in on your journey in health and fitness and, and coaching, because if you only dipped your toes in, you wouldn't be effective at all. And we all know that. And uh, we've all heard countless stories of people that maybe could have been, but didn't go all in. And then the numerous success stories of people that said, you know what, I'm going to follow my passion and and follow something I love. And as you talked about your sports career, it kind of reminds me of myself. I understand that I played um, in the national football league for almost a decade, but I always pride myself on, you know, I wasn't quite the strongest or the biggest or the quickest, but always was super prepared, high effort, control what I could control. So uh, I appreciate you uh, characterizing yourself in, in a similar way. That's, probably why we get along so well. So let's dig in on some of your principles, some of the habits you suggest, and let's start with nutrition. I've always heard it say, I've always heard it said, you can't outwork a bad diet. And so you can combat that. But if that's the case, is nutrition the number one thing that you're trying to get your coaching clients to hone in on?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's one of those things where you definitely that's definitely a true statement in the sense that you can't out-exercise a bad diet. But you also have to think about the context of what maybe somebody's goals are and where they're potentially coming from. Because sometimes everybody's habits could be so far off. Maybe they're not exercising, they're not eating right, they're not sleeping well, they're really stressed out and all these types of things. And so getting them going in the right direction in one of them can often spur the cascading effect of, improving all of them. So maybe it's like the first thing you do is just get them walking. And then because they're walking, they're starting to feel better, and then they start to eat better. And so it's not necessarily this is definitely the thing that you need to start with. I think that you need to start with something that gets you moving in the right direction. And really what it's all about is it's getting you moving in the direction of looking at yourself through the identity of I am actually becoming a healthy person now. Like I am doing the things that a healthy person does. Therefore, I'm going to adopt more of the habits that healthy people do. And so if if there's a lot of different things off, find something that you can start getting momentum with and then continue that momentum and let that roll into another area of health and fitness. And so that's the way I would kind of attack each individual when approaching them with how to make progress on their goals. So I'll kind of leave it at that.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think that so many people, uh, especially if they're coming to you for coaching, they may be just starting this journey where if you threw a ton of things at them, they would say, well, this is overwhelming. I'll never be able to implement all of that. So by starting them, maybe with just walking, which I've suggested to many people as well, is the way to just, no pun intended, get them going. And so um, what when you get to the nutrition aspect of it, I'm assuming you're not pushing them towards fad diets. And I understand that keto can be very good for some individuals and some people need it because of genetics or health conditions. But I'm assuming you're not a big fan of the fad diets because most in your space aren't. So what are some nutrition principles that you emphasize with your clients?
0: Yeah, I obviously, am. no, I am not into the fad diets and stuff because nutrition is so personalized to you, your goals, where you currently are, maybe different food sensitivities and just like your own biology. But yeah, to try to keep it as simple as possible, I think that's the biggest thing with nutrition is there's so much noise out there that people are telling you that plants are going to kill you, that meat's going to kill you, and then everywhere in between. And so I think it's most important to find what people can actually act upon, because Complexity is the enemy of execution and simplicity is the best friend of execution. So if you can keep things simple, then people are much more likely to stick to it. So to get down to specifics, I usually always have people look at protein and fiber intake. And so depending on people's goals, that protein consumption might look like anywhere from 0.5 grams all the way to 1.2 grams of protein per day per pound of your ideal body weight. So if somebody is 150 pounds and they want to stay at 150 pounds, but they just want to optimize their biology, maybe maintain, or maybe build a little bit of muscle mass, then I would recommend maybe kind of somewhere in the middle, maybe like 0.75 grams of protein per pound of ideal body weight. And I would recommend that protein come from high quality animal source protein, primarily things like grass fed beef, things like pasture raised chicken and eggs, things like turkey, those... In- uh, those things are going to have the correct mac- macronutrient, but also um, micronutrient and amino acid profile to really optimize your health and your biology. So I always a lot or start with people with protein, and then I also talk about fiber. I think fiber is super important and for so many different reasons: for digestion, for gut health, for making sure that you're staying full long enough. And so for fiber. I would say anywhere between 25 to 35 grams for most people per day is going to be enough, but there's never like too much fiber. And so you can get fiber in a lot of different things, but you can get fiber in fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and potatoes and rice and oats. There's so many different ways that you can get in fiber. And so if you are hitting those two things, then most other things are taking care of themselves. So protein maybe around 0.7 to one gram to kind of hone in on that number a little bit, 0.7 to one gram per pound of ideal body weight, fiber, maybe 25 to 35 grams. And then the last thing that I kind of usually add in on top of that is optimizing your fat ratio, your omega-3 to omega-6 fat ratio. Generally speaking, you want that to be around two to one or closer to one to one is even better. And while that is a little bit harder to kind of measure on a regular basis, what I usually try to tell people from an omega- optimizing your omega-3 intake is you can get it from plant sources, and that's great. You can get it from things like walnuts, like chia seeds and flax seeds, but you also want to be getting it from animal sources, primarily things like fatty fish. And then you can also get it from supplements, whether that be a fish oil or a fish capsule. Um, that's a really great way to get in omega-3s as well. So omega-3s are anti-inflammatory, whereas omega are are inflammatory. But you need both just in the right amounts. So I think protein, I think fiber, and then kind of maybe n- n- another step up, I think optimizing your omega-3, omega-6 fat ratio.
1: And, and what is, um, there's multiple benefits of omega-3s, but for those listening that aren't familiar, what can people expect when they start getting that correct ratio if they don't have it prior?
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you're not necessarily going to start having it and then immediately you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much different now that I'm eating more salmon or now that I'm eating or having this supplement. It's not going to be... This immediate reaction, but I think generally over time, you're going to benefit from the things that don't occur. Like you're going to benefit from not getting sick as frequently. It also is really important for cellular health and it's also really important for brain health. From a cellular health perspective, a lot of people know that or have heard that you don't want your blood glucose levels to rise too high, you don't want your insulin levels to rise too high, and the health of your cellular membranes is. Highly responsible for bringing glucose into the cell and making sure that those levels in your blood are properly regulated. And so, making sure that your omega 3s are at an adequate enough level helps to maintain your cellular health. And then, also, brain health is super important. And so, it helps to maintain and build new brain neural pathways. And so from omega-3s, I kind of think of those three things. I think like it's anti-inflammatory. So it's going to help with just keeping inflammation lower in the body. It's going to help with cellular health. So maybe kind of maintaining your blood sugar levels a little bit better. And then it's also going to help with brain health. So think like longevity, think health span from that perspective.
1: When I started my health and fitness journey, when I got out of the NFL, one of the first books I read was The 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss. And he would say, start each day with some high-quality protein, at least 30 grams, within 30 minutes of waking. There's others that will tell you, don't have your first meal until noon or whenever that is. What what are your suggestions to clients when it comes to eating first thing in the morning or delaying when you start getting those calories in?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Again, it, it's it's always – I think one of the biggest things I want people to realize when it comes to health and fitness recommendations, usually it's not, this is right. This is wrong. Usually the answer is it depends. And so, cause I've done both and it depends on what your goals are. So for example, let's say your goal is to maintain and or build muscle, or maybe your goal is to kind of optimize your performance and your fitness in the gym. Then you might want to do something like getting your protein in early on and then early and often so that you get to that adequate amount of protein that is kind of required to maintain and or build muscle mass. Now you can also argue from the standpoint of protein is super important if you're trying to maybe lose some body fat because it helps keep you a little bit fuller and it helps to maintain muscle and muscle is really good for keeping your metabolism high. And so those are maybe some of the arguments for protein early and protein often. When it comes to maybe doing something like fasting or waiting a little bit longer to work out, sometimes people just feel better doing that. So that might be a case-by-case basis. Sometimes I personally like to go a little bit longer if uh, without eating any kind of breakfast because it just makes me feel better. Sometimes I ate something really crappy the night before. And so I just... I'm still kind of full when I wake up and I want to just kind of delay that a little bit longer to kind of maybe decrease the overall calorie consumption that I have. And so it's kind of like a so many of these recommendations people try to say like this is a one size fits all like we should do fasting and that's the best thing that you should do or you should get protein early and often and that's what you should do. But it's going to change based on your goal. It's going to chase off of change based off of how it makes you feel. It might change day to day based off of what you ate the night before or how you're going to be exercising. But the way that I'll finish it is with this is if you're going to work out in the morning, especially if it's maybe mid morning, probably eating something beforehand is going to benefit your performance, especially if that physical activity is high intensity. If you're doing something a little bit lower intensity and a little bit earlier on in the morning, then you might not need that recent source of carbohydrates and or protein to kind of help fuel your workout, if you will.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think ultimately when it comes to most approaches to to wellness and health and nutrition is you don't have to be so dogmatic about it And Nick's incredible shape and he even talk there. You know, if I had a crappy meal, then I might dial it back in the morning because one, I probably have enough calories to get through my workout or my coaching classes. But then also, you know, there's going to be times where you have those big meals. Well, let's get the caloric deficit back down the next day and we'll kind of be back to normal. Um, and I, and I, that's one of the reasons why I like your podcast and your work is because i can relate to it a little bit better you're not someone who abstains completely from alcohol and i'm not either and and so i feel like we align in some of our nutrition and lifestyle practices and one of the reasons i wanted to uh, get you on the podcast here today so we've kind of dug in on the first one of the pillars of health let's let's dive in on another one when it comes to training you know some people um will abide by, you know, I want to get in all this cardio because I just want to lose weight and I don't want to put on muscle, which will put on weight. But when you start working with a client, what are some basic training principles that you like them to implement?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to start off again by saying it depends, but then get into actually some of the specifics because it very much depends on where you're coming from, what your ability levels are, what you actually like to do or don't like to do and what your particular goals are. Now, generally speaking, I think everybody should be doing some form of strength training at least two days a week. And then most people three, and then add more on top of that based off of what your goals are. I mean, strength training is super important for just like physical ability and like maintaining your independence as you get older. First off, second off, it's really important, obviously for maintaining and or building muscle. And oftentimes, We only think about muscle from the standpoint of looks, but muscle is super important for longevity and it's super important for things like managing, like I talked about earlier, your blood sugar levels, your blood insulin levels, because your muscles are going to be the biggest site of carbohydrate consumption, essentially, and breakdown. And so that really helps to both manage your blood sugar levels and also, uh, prevent your body from storing some excess body fat and so strength training is really important for those reasons at least two days a week would recommend most people three and then think about hitting all of your big muscle groups during those days so if you're doing two days a week maybe you try to do a full body workout on both of those days if you're working out three days a week maybe it's a lower body day an upper body day and then a full body day If you're doing four days a week, maybe it's lower, upper, lower, upper, or something to that nature. But you want to make sure you're hitting your big muscle groups. Think squats, think deadlifts for lower body, for upper body. Think like a chest press or a row to hit those big muscle groups up there. So I'll kind of leave that with the strength training component. Then when it comes to a cardiovascular exercise, I think that, again, if you love cardiovascular exercise, I'm never going to tell you not to do it. And I like for me personally, I love cardiovascular exercise. I love going on runs. I love the feeling of getting my heart rate elevated. And so, ideally, if you're looking to kind of optimize for, I would say, kind of heart health and longevity, then I would recommend at least two cardiovascular days of training a week. One where you're working kind of like intervals where you're hitting high intensity and then letting your body recover and then high intensity and then letting your body recover. And that could be 20, 30, 45 minutes long. And then one that's more of a kind of lower intensity, steady state type cardio where your heart rate stays in a relatively low point for the duration of that. Again, maybe 20, 30, 45 minutes. And so I kind of look at it from Those three days of strength training, let's say those two or three days of cardio, let's say that's going to be such a great mixture for almost no matter what your goals are, whether your goal is just like I want to have more energy or I want to have more confidence or I want to make sure I'm optimizing my body, my biology, my physiology for as I get older or if it's like your goal actually is to lose body fat and maintain or build a little bit of muscle that protocol right there is going to be pretty much a good, th- a good way for everybody to achieve any of those three types of goals.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I can count playing golf in that uh, low intensity stage, right?
0: I would say that playing golf is going to be more on, it's really good for just being more physically active. I wouldn't necessarily call it that lower cardiovascular activity because your heart rate's really never getting all that elevated playing golf. But what I'll say is this is when it comes to metabolism and how many calories you burn on a daily basis, one of the four components of that is what's called NEAT. So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And so that's why a huge thing is how many steps do you get in a day? It's not necessarily because that is like really good cardiovascular exercise because for most people, it's not going to be. It's because like you're keeping your body body more physically active. And when you're more physically active, probably you're going to have more energy. Your mood's probably going to be better, but also you just have a little bit more daily caloric burn as you live your life. So sorry, it's not necessarily going to count for that cardio, but it's definitely really good for physical activity and, and keeping your caloric burn a little bit higher.
1: Yeah, I'll t- I'll take that. All right. So let's, let's dig in on one more uh, pillar of health and wellness here and that's sleep. And so, You, like many, recommend at least seven hours of sleep a night. But a lot of times, even if people are getting that seven hours, it's not great quality of sleep. So how do you coach people to optimize the quality of their sleep?
0: Yeah, man, I'm going to start off this by giving you a little bit of story on my own because I used to be the person, like a lot of people are, a lot of go-getters are, where I'm going to sacrifice sleep. I can, I can still operate at a high level, even if I don't get enough sleep. And I used to take pride in that of like, I'm going to stay up a little bit later and then wake up a little bit earlier and only get maybe five, five and a half, six, six and a half hours of sleep. But I'm going to still be so productive the next day. And I used to have a chip on my shoulder because of that. But then I think it was maybe four years ago now, I was getting ready to go to the UGA Tennessee football game in Knoxville. I, I went to UGA, so I'm a big Dogs fan. And one of my best friends from college is from Knoxville. And so we were getting ready to do the the Vol Navy that upcoming weekend where we ride the boat to the game. And I was so excited, like, all week. Like, I've never done the Vol Navy before. I've wanted to ride on a boat to, to the game and tailgate and, and all that stuff for so long. I'm so excited to get to do this. And then that Saturday morning, we get on the boat. We start riding over there. And like 30 minutes in, I'm so freaking tired. I fall asleep on the boat and I fall asleep for like 45 minutes of like the hour and a half that we're tailgating. And I wake up and I'm so mad at myself for just not being able to have the energy. And then like literally that was like, okay, Nick, this is like affecting things that you actually want to enjoy in life. You have to get more sleep. And ever since then, I've been so much more disciplined about getting my butt in bed on time. And I've kind of like changed the way that I think about it in the sense that before I had the chip on my shoulder. I'm like, most people are not willing to sacrifice sleep and still be productive. And now I'm like, most people aren't willing to get their butt in bed. Most people aren't willing to turn off Netflix, to shut off their phone, and actually get their butt in bed and go to sleep. So now I'm like, that's the chip on on my shoulder that I have now, and that's a confidence builder. And now I'm like. I'm fine with not watching Netflix or if I do, I'm fine with cutting it that one episode and putting my phone in my bathroom out of the way, putting on do not disturb and getting my butt in bed. So I kind of want to start with that. Like It has been the biggest game changer for just like almost my quality of life from my energetic standpoint. So I want to start with that. And then from, yeah, quality and quantity of sleep is important. Like you said, seven plus hours. A lot of people have heard that. But then you also want to think about kind of the number of hours in bed versus the number of hours asleep. Like some people will get in bed, but then maybe they're either looking at their phone or they can't fall asleep. And so you obviously want that as close to -to one-to-one as possible. I would say just kind of anecdotally, not from a science-based perspective, that like if it's taking you consistently more than 30 minutes or so to fall asleep, then something might be off. And there's going to be a number of different things that I kind of recommend to clients. Some are physically and some are just kind of like mentally to help fall asleep. I know that obviously caffeine for some people is going to be something that keeps them up a little bit later. Like if a a common recommendation is not to have caffeine maybe past two, maybe past three, I'll just tell you anecdotally, caffeine is something that my body processes pretty well. And if I even have it, probably between 3 and 4 I'm still going to be pretty good at falling asleep. Not that I necessarily recommend that. That's just me personally. I'm kind of lucky in that way. But I would say for me personally, the biggest thing that helps me fall asleep is two things. One, I put my phone in my bathroom before I lay in bed. I'm never scrolling on my phone. I that's just a foreign concept to me to be completely honest. I put my phone in my bathroom, put it on do not disturb have my alarm, I get in bed. And when I get in bed, my goal is to fall asleep and I'm falling, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. I'm not gonna, if I can't fall asleep, go get my phone, turn on Netflix or any of that kind of stuff. And then the second thing that I think has been huge for like my mental peace when trying to fall asleep and it prevents my brain from just stirring, thinking about so many things is always planning out my next day the night before. Because I think oftentimes people can't fall asleep at night because they're too busy thinking about, oh man, I got to do this tomorrow. I got to do that tomorrow. I oh, man, I got to talk to this person. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm not worrying about any of that because it's already been predetermined. I've already determined essentially what I'm going to be doing from the point that I wake up until the point that I stop work that afternoon. And so when you predetermine what it is that you're going to do, I think you provide yourself a lot of mental clarity and a lot of freedom from stress that you may might otherwise have. So, again, sleep I think is just huge for your quality of life and energy. Of course, seven plus hours and then trying to be able to fall asleep as quickly as possible um, by doing some of those different things is, has been key for me, I know.
1: That's really good stuff and and things that I've implemented as well. And as I transition a little bit, I want to preface this by saying when I was playing in the NFL and even in college, high school, like there was never a holiday season, that time between Thanksgiving and new year's where I wasn't playing ball. And so to me, when I always heard, "Oh, people put on five to ten pounds during the holidays," that was so foreign to me. I'm like, well, "Why?" I mean, you have a few big meals, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas or Christmas Eve, but then you dial it back. Like that's not five to ten pounds worth. And then my first year out of the NFL, I realized that between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve. I was invited to a basketball game, a football game, a bowl game, a watch party, a holiday party, a Christmas party, a New Year's Eve party. There was so much going on that I finally understood what everyone was talking about. So... I have uh, a lot more grace now uh, on people than I did at the time when I, when I first heard that. And so when you give clients advice for this holiday season, and then there's going to be other seasons of life where this advice is going to be applicable as well. What advice are you giving them to not just completely abandon and abolish everything they've built through being your client up to that point?
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things, man. It is, 100% such a difficult time of year. But like you said, I think that it's more pronounced during the holiday season because it is a little bit longer. It is kind of a whole month, month and a half, almost two months if you're a big Halloween person. And so the other times throughout the year when there's like seasons of activities that don't necessarily lend themselves to super healthy behaviors, they're a little bit less pronounced in with regards to duration. And so the holiday season is definitely really difficult. I have people that I'm working with now that are like, yeah, I've got a happy hour on Wednesday. I've got a work party on, on Friday. I've got my kids school Christmas party on Saturday. Like it's unbelievable how many different things that there are that people have in their lives that have parties and stuff like that. So a few different things. I think that the overall overarching concept is when you go to any of these parties, I don't care as much about what you do. I care as much that you plan on having some sort of intention behind what you do. So if you're going to a early Christmas with your family this this upcoming weekend, I don't necessarily care that you are super, super healthy. I just care that you have some sort of intention that you're going in with. Because where we get in trouble is when we're just mindlessly shoveling food into our mouths and we don't even really realize it. When there's just a bunch of things spread out and we're kind of walking by it, pop one thing in there, pop another thing in there. And then you realize like, holy crap, I made a huge dent in that bowl or I had like seven of those cookies. And so I care less about how healthy you are and more that you have some level of intention and mindfulness about what it is that you decide to do. And so that's what I encourage people to do first and foremost, is if you're going to a party, decide like, you know what? I'm going to ball out. I'm going to stuff my face at this thing and I don't even care. Fine, go for it. If you want to decide like, I'm going to limit myself to two drinks at this thing, limit yourself to two drinks. If you want to decide like, I'm going to go to this thing and I'm going to eat my healthy dinner before I go, And then I'm going to have one alcoholic beverage. And then after that, I'm going to have mocktails. Then maybe that's your plan. So have some sort of intention. And then what I would say is that a a phrase that I like to use with my clients a lot is make it not as bad as it could be. Because if you can consistently make things not as bad as it could be, that's going to really add up when it comes to a month and a month and a half's worth of time. And so if you would normally go to this dinner and you would normally have four or five drinks, what if you can have two? If you would normally go to this dinner and you would have two full servings, uh, two massive plates and two desserts, what if you could have one and a half plates and one dessert? Like what is a, not as bad as it could be actually look to you? And that is a whole lot less stressful and a whole lot more manageable for a lot of people to approach it with. And again, it's like, if you do, all, if you do not as bad as it could be, for five different things that you have going on over the next 10 days, you're going to be in a whole lot better spot because of all those little decisions that have added up. So I would say from those two things and the last thing that I would say is just because I'm talking to a lot of my clients a lot is if you are gifted some sort of like store-bought suite, I think that so many of us are gifted some of these things or it's brought to our work or it's brought to our school or wherever it is. And we think we have to eat it because somebody did us did us a nice favor and got us this thing. So we have to eat it. It's like, you actually don't have to eat it. You can actually throw it away. Now, if you want it, a lot of people have been like, well, you can donate it. And I'm like, yeah, you can donate it. Go for it. And I, and I think that could be a great thing to do. I think to an extent, like you might just be doing them a disservice by providing them with the uh, blood sugar spike and a little bit of excess body fat. But if you're that person that wants to donate it, donate it. But a lot of people that I work with, I know sometimes feel like they have to eat the unhealthy treat or sweet that they were gifted because the other person did them a nice thing. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. You can also just throw it away if you want to. So those are a few different things that I preach and talk to with my clients about.
1: The holiday season is just around the corner with all of its pressures. Need a great way to eliminate a little of the stress and pressure and make someone really happy? Let Jordan Yoakum of Tom James help with a gift of custom clothing. Gift cards are great, but most people put them in a drawer and forget about them. Jordan will show up to their home or office and give them the experience of custom clothing. He can also work virtually with anyone in the country with everything from resort casual to business clothing, to black tie. He can help you give a gift that will look great, fit great and bring a sleigh full of confidence and enjoyment. He can assist you with the gifts for anyone spouse, Children who are entering a career or getting married and important business associates and clients wherever they are. Contact Jordan at The Kentucky Clothier on Instagram and tell him that you heard about him on this podcast and he will provide you with a free custom shirt on your first order of a suit or sport coat. Simplify your holiday shopping and help someone special look and feel their best. As Deion Sanders said, you look good, feel good, play good. Let Jordan take care of all of that for you. Again, that's at Kentucky Clothier on Instagram. And for those listening, uh if you have someone in your life that you know is working with a coach because they're worried about their health and fitness, do not gift them to them. If you know, these uh can be something that would be nice to give to certain individuals. But if you know someone in your life that really struggles with their weight, struggles with their health, and especially if they have an accountability group or a coach, please do not even gift them that and give them that temptation in their life. And I think, I think we'll all be a little better off uh, because of that. Uh, I want to ask you this. Do you have a certain morning routine that you like to follow in the mornings?
0: Yeah, so for me personally, my morning routine, it'll differ a little bit on days that I coach versus days that I don't coach. But regardless, those days always start basically the same exact way. I wake up, I go, turn on my coffee, brush my teeth, and then I hop in the shower. And then after that, I do my Bible app. So like you, I'm on Version, And so I do the daily Bible app stuff. Then I write down three things that I'm thankful for. I write down the date. I write down the date because I think that oftentimes people think time goes by so fast because they don't ever acknowledge what day they're actually in. And then it's like, oh my gosh, it's already December 15th. And so I like to acknowledge the day that I'm in. So it's kind of a few of those things It's I actually have a full glass of water. I missed that. So I start with 16 ounces of water. I do the Bible app. I write down three things I'm grateful for. I write down the date. Then I... Depending on the season, right now I'm doing something called my future truth statements. It's I am followed by something that I wish to be true in the future. So like right now, it's I am a seasoned entrepreneur who is making this much money. And right now that's not true. But I want to say I am this person. So I start to act in alignment with the identity of that person. And then lastly, I read for 45 minutes. I've been reading for 45 minutes a day basically six days a week for the last few years and for me that's almost like my stress management it's my education but it's also my stress management being able to sit on my recliner feed up a cup of coffee with a book that I love like tackle what's next it's uh it's a really great way to always start off my day with a little bit of positivity and and getting things going in the right direction I'm gonna need you to
1: send me over your reading list uh because you're knocking out a lot of books a year at 45 minutes. My my reading pace has slowed this year, and I think part of that is podcasts and other types of information that I've been consuming. More sermons this year. There's a few different churches that I've been abiding. Maybe it's not an audio book on the way to a six a.m. pickleball game. It's you know a sermon from um, uh, the previous week, and so uh, my reading has slowed a touch this year. But we'll have to exchange uh, reading lists after this. One more uh, from me uh, before a couple of the recurring questions. I see on your social media that you've been doing the barefoot walking. I've abided by this as well, and in, in getting the grounding in. And so uh, I know this is a habit that you encourage clients to implement as well. What benefits? Uh, do you see or expect your clients to see from simply barefoot walking?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to start off by saying I'm definitely not the experts of experts on talking about this. So that's first. But secondly, I'll say kind of like the omega threes. If It's like one of those things when you start doing it immediately, you're not going to necessarily feel amazing or that much better. And you're be like, oh, my gosh, this is how I used to feel. And this is how I currently feel. And because of that, that's why most people aren't going to do it because it's too simple and they don't see or feel a direct benefit immediately from it. But if I understand correctly, the basically how it improves your overall biology and your overall health is essentially you are able to discharge into the earth. And so the pH of our body is something that is really critical to health. And that's about to the deepest extent that I can get to like why pH is super important. But when you have barefoot to the pure earth, then you are discharging into the earth earth, and you are therefore bringing the pH more and more to alkalinity rather than acidic. And so it's just really good for overall, I think, uh, anti-inflammatory signs inside of your body. And so I've started doing it. I love it. And then the last thing about it is just like not being sciencey about it. It's just like, I think we all need to be outside more regardless. You know, it's funny. I was talking about, you know, we call it grounding. I was talking about grounding with a bunch of my clients. And one of my clients is like, yeah, we used to just call that playing outside. And I was like, yeah, very true. Right. And so I think, yes, there are some probably very specific. Biological improvements that come from it. But I think we all know that we need to be outside more. We need to be in sunlight a little bit more. Yes, our biology is going to improve, but our mood is going to improve. We're going to be more physically active and so many of those other things as well.
1: All right. A few recurring questions uh, to get to here. Um, first, you live down in Nashville, not far from Louisville. What's your favorite restaurant down in Nashville?
0: Oh, my favorite restaurant in Nashville. I'm going to start off by naming one that. Is a sports bar, and the atmosphere of it is just me and my fiance's favorite place to go to. And the food is really good, but it's Corner Pub. It's nothing fancy. It's just a good old-fashioned local restaurant. Actually, Mike Vrabel goes in there a decent amount, and so it's cool seeing him in there every once in a while. But it's just kind of a local community atmosphere. The food's really good. The beer's really good. and uh, And, yeah, we love Corner Pub.
1: Yeah. Mike Vrabel is awesome. I had him on the podcast a while back. Uh, love that dude. Uh, didn't love playing against his Patriots team. They generally would beat us, but have a lot of respect uh, for what he's doing uh, in the league. Uh, what's your favorite book that you've read recently?
0: Ooh, favorite book I've read recently. One of my favorite books of all, th- a couple of my favorite books of all time is seven habits of highly effective people, 12 rules for life, Jordan Peterson, Tackle What's Next, Eric Wood, and then let's see, what's uh, what's one of the most recent ones? You know, that's one of the problems when you read so much. I, I'll say something, one of the books that I most recently finished is called Metabolism Makeover, and it's just a really good, simple nutrition book that makes complicated topics seem simple and provides really good guidance. So uh, I'll name those few.
1: What's your top takeaway from metabolism makeover?
0: It's probably some of the things that we've talked about today, to be honest. Um, I think I'll say this, it's that we people get so concerned with the calorie deficit, and calorie deficit is important if you're looking to lose body fat and lose weight, but we forget about how to actually get into a calorie deficit and the sh- the strength of your metabolism or like the your metabolic health largely is going to dictate how many calories you are actually intaking, but also how many calories you're actually burning. So instead of just thinking about eating less and being in this calorie deficit just because you're eating less, you want to make sure you're actually metabolically healthy so that things are operating internally the way they're supposed to operate
1: yeah that's really good all right last one this is what's next with eric wood what's next for nick carrier what do you have coming down the line and you better mention your fiance because uh, i know a weddings uh in store as well
0: yeah baby uh well i know that 2024 is going to be the freaking best year yet there's no doubt about that um i would say that what's next for me like you said i've got a fiance and we're going to be getting married september 27th of 2024 super excited about that and uh me and her are just super excited about planning how we're going to freaking crush life together, to be honest. I think that before I proposed, neither of us ever used the word marriage in a conversation together. And uh, for that reason, I didn't realize how much was limited in our conversations. Not that we like didn't have great conversations or didn't get to know each other. We did. But then right after I proposed, it just like unlocked so many more conversations that i didn't really even think about like how like just so many different plans for the future and thinking about kids and all this kind of stuff it's just been like super exciting to start to think about spending the rest of our lives together and how we're going to freaking crush life together so 2024 best year yet baby
1: yep and a bunch of uh 10 week transformation clients and Uh, you'll just keep crushing it in business. Uh, I know that. And so uh, we will put a link to your website in the show notes. Follow Nick on social media. He's a great follow. Check out his Best You podcast. There's a bunch of great episodes. One uh, I was a guest on as well. Nick, can't thank you enough for your time. Um, And like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, the practicality that you bring to the health and wellness space is one of the reasons I admire you most. And so thank you for bringing that, Uh, to what's next here today eric
0: you're the man y'all keep it simple get some momentum and get everything going in the right direction in 2024 let's go baby
1: yes sir